Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 385 with my guest and pal, Ify Wadiway. I am delighted to bring him in as a boy of summer. And I want to quickly just give a shout out to Nita. She started the JV Club Tumblr many a year ago, and now we have a ton of members. So if you're interested, you can check out the JV Club on Tumblr. Thank you, Nita. And I also just wanted to give a shout out to friends, Max Fun guests, hosts, uh, all around great people. Uh, Jordan Morris, who worked on a show called Earth to Ned that's coming to Disney Plus on September 4th. And Eliza Skinner is also a part of that. She, I believe, wrote on it. And we know those two are wonderful. So I want to just give that a quick shout out. And then the last thing I wanted to say is if you're waiting on the PJ Byrne episode, I promise you it is coming We have just had a really hard time making it happen. There have been some family stuff, uh, unfortunately, that has gone on that I have been wrangling with. And then um, PJ is also just a tremendously wonderful father and husband, and he's got a big family. So he's been really busy, but it is coming. I did not mean to dangle that in front of those of you who are Cora fans uh, during Max Fun Drive. It is coming. So please don't worry. Be uh, a little patient with us because, again, life keeps happening. But I'm so, so, so excited to record it. It will happen. And that's it. So please enjoy this episode with Ify. He's the best. I feel like the downswings are very justified and feel like appropriately miserable in a way that I try I don't beat myself up too much for because it's very hard and it's very hard for many many people it's very hard not to be aware of how hard it is for very many people since the news is constantly bad um but I feel like my upswings are a little manic like I feel like I get excited about things that I'm like, I'm trying to, but this is all unconscious. I'm trying to mitigate or like, you know, balance out the sadness or the stress of the anxiety. Um, and so small things make me like unreasonably excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it might be a survival, like a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. But no, like, that's, but it's lower. only adding to the, it's only adding to the roller coaster. Like, I appreciate that my body and mind are trying to, like, you know, swing me back up again somehow but it also that's part of what makes me feel crazy is that i'm like oh my god that hummingbird is so pretty ah, it's so pretty oh i feel very sad now like i'm just it's just hard to it's hard to keep track of how about yeah. you with me it's it's more that like when i do have the upswings and i am feeling good about things i almost get this like this this like survivor's remorse where it's like, oh, wow, how, how dare mm. I, I feel yeah, good right now. That too. Or, like, especially because yeah. I've been doing like a lot of Twitch work and the show I was doing, Super Punch, was still going, you know, throughout all of this. So I had this huge like yeah. survivor's remorse where like every fund I donated to every like I was like, oh, I need I need <laughs> I, I should not be able to still be working right now. I'm, I would. This is weird. <laughs> right, right. So even something that you were doing that was good, making people happy and helping people felt like a privilege that you didn't deserve. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, I hear you, my friend. I hear you. <laughs> uh, um, is there, have you, have there been any patterns uh, for you that have kind of, um, have sort of uh, uh, risen up in your day-to-day life in the last few months that were, you know, are sort of like could only be happening in these times? Because you and I are similar in that we've still been like busy working on stuff. Um, But, you know, obviously like there's an absence of other things that we would normally also have in our lives. Um, Have you, have, have any of those things been replaced? Like you have all the work stuff happening. Is there anything new that you're like, oh, evidently I'm this, this person now? Oh yeah. No, I've, I've really, you know, since I've had time to be stuck at home and not be like, I don't have time to, to do all this cooking. I've been cooking a lot more and I've always like enjoyed cooking, but like now I'm just like, just, just, just around the clock trying to find like new ways to cook things, reverse searing steaks and like buying all these like cooking items I probably would never buy because I'd be like, oh, I don't really need it. I'm just, you know, doing the, you know, what I need. But I bought this like seven in one kind of pan thing from this place called our place like i i like i've said like every instagram ad that's been targeted towards me i've just been buying stuff from it so much so (laughs) that i think i've confused the algorithm and they're just throwing whatever they can at me like they they (laughs) they marketed a a backyard beekeeping kit and i was like who is that for like that is Wait is, a minute. Before you say who is that for, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. And, and But it's like straight up like the bees will come and do the honey, but you also have to do the straight up beekeeper pulling out this like slab yes. of honey that yeah. is covered in bees. I'm like, who, yeah. who, who just casually is ready to just unleash bees upon themselves <laughs> to get some honey? I love the idea of beekeeping. I love the idea of being a beekeeper. Um, certainly, there are a couple of buddies. I think um, my friend Joy Osmansky, uh, she lives downtown, and their roof, they have a, the beehive. Oh, wow. Um, but now that you're saying that, I guess I feel like I might have missed a really important question, which was, like, did I ask her if she's going up there in, like, a white suit <laughs> With a yeah. with a mesh thing hanging down and like handling the bees, I I realize now that I guess I didn't ask that. Like maybe I thought it was gauche to ask that question when she said she had a beehive up there. But now I am because I was afraid of bees for so long for my whole life until I was in my twenties. That was the first time I ever got stung by one, and so I I had developed like a phobia that I was allergic to them without any foundation for that. Yeah. Um. And then I finally got stung by one and it changed everything for me, uh, which I've mentioned probably more than twice on the podcast in the last eight years. <laughs> but like that thus ushered in the second era of my life, my second childhood, where I was like, <laughs> I love bees. Let them crawl all over me. I know what they I know what a sting feels like. It's not pleasant, but I can handle it. And they're wonderful creatures. They're just wonderful. Yeah. So part of me is like, so part of me is like, could I be the person that lifts up? up the just giant slab of honey just covered in bees who are then in turn covered in bees who are also covered in bees i feel like it's like a three layers of bees uh with a honey underneath could i do it i like to i like to think i could i like to imagine myself doing it have i taken any steps in that direction oh god no oh god no (laughs) 
Yeah, do you think you could be the next Candyman? You know, because you know all those bees <laughs> in his mouth were real. Uh, you know, Tony I Tom's, loved that movie when yeah. I was little. I loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, no, that movie was creepy because you know it, it took the place of Bloody Mary for a lot of kids. Where it's like if you say it three times in the mirror, which was incorrect in the movie, you had to say it five times. But if you said it yes. three times in the mirror, he would appear and uh, and kill you. <laughs> But listen, he was misunderstood, if memory serves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it, I, I mean, memory, I did rewatch it recently, and I, I think I have to retake it and say he was not misunderstood because he was murdered and burned for, you know, uh, he was an artist who was murdered and burned for daring to date a white woman during uh, the, the uh, times mm-hmm. of of the, what it, I think it was like, you know, slave time still, and then his... Yeah. His his revenge for that is haunting a a, a inner city project. Not not <laughs> not white people. <laughs> not, oh he, he, instead of in, instead oh of choosing God. to haunt white people for the rest of oh uh, millennia, he was like, no, let's go to the disenfranchised oh. people of color in Chicago. They deserve oh. this. <laughs> you listen. You know that the people who first of all agreed and completely don't remember it like did not remember any of that just remembered thinking at the time like that something terrible had happened to him and that you know you there's a sense of like well listen there's a backstory to every villain but you (laughs) i i now realize with total horror that you're right um that being said can't you see some scholar or perhaps even the person who wrote the movie being like well, but you see, the metaphor continues because th- that is what is happening. There is violence in the inner city. Like, do you know what I mean? Like somebody yeah, yeah, could yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of still justify, like, see. I'm not saying it's right, but I am saying it's apt. Yes, yes. The you know? British uh, Bernard Rose screenwriter of Candyman, I a thousand percent uh, <laughs> can believe that is his take. It gets worse and worse. <laughs> Oh yeah, I just did a, I recently did a deep dive, so I got all the tea on Candyman and why it is oh, good you got and all bad. The tea. You got all the tea. Yeah, oh, someone got mad at something. me. They were because they were, cause they, were they were real mad because they were like, "He's one of my favorite, uh, you know, horror stories," and it's a black dude. I was like, "Oh, it's great, but it's still very bad." You know, it's like, <laughs> oh god. Well, that's it. That's I mean, that's just another example of sort of, and this I mean, this is going to continue to happen, and I think. You know, I, it's easy for me to say this uh, from every place that I come from, but you know, <laughs> I think I, I guess I just continue to hope that um, we understand the continuum and we understand like how we are all of continuing to evolve. Some people faster than others, but mm-hmm. you know, like put pl- plonk any of us down at the age we are now, like a hundred years from now. I we all or a hundred years ago, we all want to think that we would be the most woke people in that world but we probably would just be living in the environment that we were living in then and doing the best we could i don't know it's complicated but that's the thing right is that like in my mind as a young person i think i felt that way too i think i was like yeah it's about fucking time there was you know something that was sort of like not just a bunch of like white teenagers having sex being da 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 like i think i thought you know 
at the time, I think I do feel like I was like, this, this is rooted in something real. Like not, you know what I mean? That it was like, this is important in some way. Like it feels more sophisticated. It feels like it's saying something. It feels like, but being too young to really be able to grasp what it was. And then totally, I feel like those are people now who are like, I'm sorry, it was about what now? <laughs> what happened? Oh, re- oh, mm, when you say it like that, it sounds really bad. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> What a mess. Oh, yeah. Candyman, yeah, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Candy 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 no. I Uh-oh. said it four times. Uh-oh. He's going to come. He's going to try and convert you, though. He's going <laughs> to... Convert me. Yeah, and then I became yeah. a beekeeper. That's what happens. Now yeah. it's much tamer and you just become a beekeeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're just a <laughs> you're just forced to beekeep for the rest of your life. And that's fine. It's, it's not that bad. It's, I, like You still live your life, but, you know. Yeah, see, it's totally fine. I completely derailed you. I so derailed you because I really went just crazy about the beekeeping kit that was uh, that was advertised to you on Instagram. But I, but you were telling tales of the many other uh, sundry items that you've bought for cooking. So you bought a seven, yeah, pan, seven in one pan. Yeah, yeah, seven so, one. yeah. It's called a seven our, layer pan. Yeah, it was. It's from our place. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up because I I want to get this right. But it, I it's the real deal because I I don't know how 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 hard have you have you went on your cookware at at your home? I'm I'm curious because maybe I can't I've just say been. I've got, yeah, I've got. I mean, I was excited to buy like a copper front, like a copper pan to add to okay. my pans. But I, I can't say that I've, and then, you know, there's like, like, I just got a new, I did get a blender because I had like a 15 year old oh, yeah. blender that basically was, you know, it would take like five minutes and make a, a smell <laughs> that smelled like burning to like yeah. get a strawberry <laughs> cut up in a smoothie. <laughs> That's so relatable. Uh, did you go, did you go full like Ninja Vitamix? I didn't go full Vitamix. I went to I went and read up on some nice. sites uh, for the kind of like what's the thing if you are not hardcore you're using it to make a gazillion soups every day and you want it to still fit somewhere in your small kitchen. So mm-hmm. I got um, I've already forgotten what I got. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is it's black and red. Uh, God, what did I get? Um, oh, an oster maybe or a okay. Is that what I got? Yeah. Anyway, uh, continue on the seven the seven layer dip of pans. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking and at I'll it right look, now, and I'll tell you what um, I got. And it's the and it's the uh, hold on. I guess uh, the the big thing about it is that it does multiple things. I, I, but so it has like so what all comes with it is it has like almost like a like a cast uh cast exterior and then the inside of it is like this non-stick uh interior to it uh but it, it they say it serves as a fry pan saute pan steamer skillet saucier uh saucepan non-stick pan spatula and spoon rest because it has it comes with a wooden spatula that has like an insert where you can just rest it on the pan itself and i've mm, used okay. it for the past three days and it clear like i was able to make eggs and then just clean it with a paper towel like they do in the commercials you know you know and that's been a big thing <laughs> for me because i've had many non-stick that have claimed to be non-stick and i make eggs in it 
and there's still yeah. egg <laughs> residue. And I was like, what does nonstick mean? Because every nonstick pan <laughs> I've bought has definitely stuck. And this is the first time I've owned one yeah. where it's like it cooked clean and then it comes with an insert, a steamer insert. And you can like, it's a basket that fits in it perfectly and you can use it to steam. And I used it to steam some broccoli. So it's it it's the real deal, uh, which for $145, I would hope it is. Uh, but yeah. um, very happy with it. And it looks cute. It looks cute. I'm going to email it to you so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, please do. In the meantime, I can tell you that I got the the Oster, I don't know if it's Oster, Oster, the Oster mm-hmm. Versa blender, the okay. o- Oster Versa blender. Um, it it purrs like a kitten. It's got a very big base from the like cute little, you know, cheapo blender that I've had for. Many oh years. yeah, this is yeah, um, this is this is cute. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, this but is it's a top big, but it, but that base is still big, you know. Yeah. Um, now, but it's definitely already, I feel a sense of like, I better start blending way more. I got to really, <laughs> I got to start doing it. Like now you have to do every single thing. You better become a saucier. Oh, yeah. With oh, saucier, I've used with the saucier, least... saucier part, portion of your. <laughs> I've used three of its functions. Like normally I place my spatula in, in the middle of my stove and I was like, oh, hold on. Got to use this insert that it comes. <laughs> I have to make sure I'm getting the most out of That's this. That's right. <laughs> Get your money's worth. Get your exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's. I think that that everybody, you know, people who can have, I think, have sort of leaned into whatever uh, action or actions um, give them that kind of zen, like work with your hands. It's a skill. It's a thing. But there's something meditative about it as well. Whether it's people making bread, which I have not done, or making ice cream, which I also have not done, or cooking a bunch more, which I have barely done. Um, but I'm also a person that, like, last year, just made time to pull out all of the gray river rocks in this area of my yard where there were river rocks, so that I could pluck every dead leaf out from under where they were all trapped because there was I could not figure out another way to do it and so it was literally like one rock move it the next rock move it the next rock and that's a lot of rocks I mean that was like a that was like a half day of just being hunched over on the ground pulling and a lot of spider reveals a lot of spider reveals for a person who's squeamish about spiders picking up so many little rocks and having so many wolf spiders go like ah! and then scurry quickly to another rock which i would eventually also have to lift up <laughs> so that i have not i've not dove into back into the uh rock gate 2019 because it was <laughs> maybe too much work and real bad for my neck turned out the joke was on me. Yeah. Oh, they, they got it. They, they flipped it on you. They flipped it on me. How are you with spiders? Uh, with, with say that again. I said, how are you with spiders? It's maybe not a sentence structure and a series of words that you would be asked in that exact way very often. So I don't blame you for not knowing no. what I said. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, I, there, the, I, in every you know every instance you know i i'm always thinking i'm better at it than i actually am but in the end i'd say i'm okay that's that's how i would describe it <laughs> okay i get it 
Yeah. Did you have stuff that were, 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 were there things that you were more squeamish about than other things when you were growing up? Like bugs versus rats versus snakes, even if it's just conceptually oh. and not something you actually have to deal with. I think, I think, you know, to go back to your, your, your beat situation, I think before, you know, when I was growing up, we'd have mice sometimes, like very rarely mm. we'd have mice. And, it, and I remember, um, like we'd have those weird glue traps, which always sucked because they'd still be alive and you have to oh, s- yeah. just kind of throw <laughs> this live mouse oh, into the trash and be like good luck um <laughs> and i remember being how rude to out. wish them good luck talk about <laughs> rubbing salt in the wound uh but i think i used to be very squeamish about like mice and rats and then i had a pet rat and then after that like even when i see a rat you know in the wild like if i'm in new york or something i'm just like oh yeah it's just a rat because now they have like reclassified in my brain like they're not these like yep. dirty rodents like oh that's a potential pet you know and just uh just a stray yeah so I, yep. I think that's i that had is, i had two mice so i uh, completely relate <laughs> Yeah, so I, I never get freaked out when I see it. If anything, I want to catch it just to, you know, release it in the wild and not just be like, you know, kill it. Just be like, oh, no, I'm going to catch it. Even though yeah, I do have absolutely. F- friends who have, like, snakes. And, like, lizards, I'm not, I'm not, like, I think I'd, I'd still be alarmed if I saw a snake in the wild uh, in general, but uh, I think I'm like halfway there with lizards because I've because ha- I've had pet lizards in the past uh, or like I'll see them. So like I think those are good for me, but I think bugs are still it depends too. It, it, the versatility of the bug, you know, is it, worth it. I try and consider like my older brother would always just not care about spiders because they're like oh they eat roaches they get rid of the, all the other pesky bugs and i was like yeah but it's also right. a spider uh and i think now <laughs> like i remember one time i was driving and i'm still to this day glad i didn't like crash because of it but like oh. a spider somehow got in my car went to the roof yep. right next to the driver's side and did the thing where it just did a web right down in front of yep. my face and yep. I, I yep. immediately freaked out while driving on yep. the road and i was like oh yep oh yeah i yeah. hate him still <laughs> yeah i don't see how people can have pet tarantulas that is wild to me and just let them walk and crawl all over you yeah well, I'll say this, and this will come as no surprise to listeners of the podcast. Somehow, as afraid of spiders as I was and have gotten significantly better about, um, I but somehow because, well, for exactly the reason you said about the rats, because at the Desert Museum in Tucson, where I grew up, they have tarantulas that, you know, they'll do the little, like, we'll, uh. we're, we'll, and same with snakes, we'll pull them out and you can hold them and yeah. they can walk on you. So I somehow because of their you know, whereas like you would think that you would take the exact same pieces of information about the quality of the tarantula to use it to be horrified by which is like a 50 50 chance that i would right it's yeah it's as big as a rat and it's mm-hmm. hairy like that's terrifying and yet oh, yeah. it could also go the other way which it did for me which was like oh it's more like a rodent so i don't i don't hate them as much you know i don't i'm not as afraid of them <laughs> as i was afraid of like a black widow which looks like a weapon that an alien dropped down onto earth to kill people uh as much respect as i have for them there's still that part of me that's like 
somehow you probably are smarter than I am and you're deadly and I just don't know about this. But um, <laughs> but uh, but for, I want to say two things. Number one, I definitely want to know. Uh, I, I definitely need to hear where you grew up so I can get a sense of like what the oh, critters yeah. were that you would run into in the wild. And two, the fact that you said I have friends, plural, with snakes like the idea that you have more than one current friend who has a snake is yeah. fascinating to me. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> well, it always like catches me off guard. Cause it's like, Oh, <laughs> you got a snake. But I remember, yeah, I, I have a buddy of mine, uh, Pierce, who was like, um, who's like all about, like all about getting them snakes, you know? Uh, and I didn't <laughs> even know this till he, till he moved, but he like moved to Japan and he would post, about his like his like pet snake on uh on facebook and it was and it was like the same level of post you'd expect from someone with the dog where he's like oh he's sick and he's not eating as much i was like oh man it's like you know i'll put the mouse in there and then it like turned out that it was because he would get like the pre like like the mouth the mice that are already dead and so he wasn't interested in it unless the mouse was alive so yeah. that that was the end of that that story is the you know snake which i guess you know if you're an animal in captivity you want some semblance of 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 your old life yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah i can enjoy uh, both of those creatures and and that definitely precludes me from wanting to see one get eaten by the other um, i know right for sure that's yeah. i mean that is the wild kind of thing about being like a snake uh, <laughs> owner is that you have to feed a pet to your pet. Like, and that's just part of That's a, that's a, that's just part of your pet's meal. There's nothing you can yeah. do about it. You know, that's yeah. why like, if you get like a, a monitor or something, they like bugs, you know, <laughs> you get yeah. one of the bug eating lizards. Okay. We're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors and... Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in uh, L.A. I'm in L.A. Okay. All right. So what what critters we got? We do have some snakes for you. We have some good wolf spiders. Um, Were you in like the city proper? Were you, or or were you somewhere kind of where I am where like there's still some, some critters around? Well, I know I was in Compton and then I went to high school in Downey. So like for me, it was interesting because I guess the part like lizards were rare because I remember the lizard that I did have a pet was one that I found in my like neighborhood and I was like real surprised. And so I had, I had that lizard, but then, um, in, uh, but then over here, cause now I'm in Highland park and me and Naomi will be bouncing around and 
they they're everywhere you know <laughs> like it's really yeah. it's, it's really wild i'm like oh no lizards are everywhere it felt so n- new to me when i was younger but yeah. i'm like no, they're they're just out here just living their best lives yeah well that's one of the things about being from a place like you know from la like if you're if you're, you're if you're me and you're from tucson and you end up um, moving oh, back yeah. to Tucson or just staying in Tucson throughout, like the experience to ha- that you can have with of Tucson, and I'm sure I have friends who disagree with me a little bit, but you know, you are still like it's not a huge place, and and it's you know, there's only so many kind of worlds that you can dip into there to where like ultimately you are still kind of having the same experience in some way that you had all along, all the way through. But LA is so different and disparate oh, yeah. and you can be in the LA area and it could be like living six different lives just depending on what what you're doing and where you're living right oh 100% like you can have like if you have someone who grew up like in Santa Monica your long beaches Redondo Beach all of the beach cities you have this more like beach town vibe of folks who are like way more chill maybe into surfing and then you go to your like la's and and stuff and those are more like like la proper and downtown you got this more like metro city vibe for them and then if you're in places like downey or like uh your bellflowers and and like your more kind of suburban place you have your like suburbia kids and then if you go farther like into the ie like the inland empire and stuff you have like like desert kids and stuff and if you go even further you have big bear which is like uh you know uh almost like a kind of because it snows up there and you're still you know and it's like this mountain town so like just within an hour those are all within a couple an hour two hours max of uh of each other and those are so many different experiences you could have all within the i guess greater los angeles area which i which i will be counting like surrounding counties yeah oh yeah then you're really then it's just like it's such a cross-section you're absolutely right um what uh you said you went to high school in downey yeah downey high and what was your what was your high school like is a a public school co-ed yeah it was a public school co-ed it was real chill which was good because like my older brother he was first going to bosco which was an all-boys catholic school and he hated it and that's what i was kind of on track to being because i was going to a catholic school in compton our lady of victory and so it was either that or it was another one that started with V, I think St. Vincent's or something. But those were like your high school kind of like choices. And Bosco was the more pricier one because it was like a private like uh, school. And my brother hated it and said that he couldn't focus because there were no girls around and he was getting bad grades. And it was a whole thing. And then... He uh, got transferred and he ended up going to Centennial, which was a school in uh, Compton, which uh, was very different than Bosco, to say the least. But he was getting better grades, so maybe he was right. (laughs) Well, that's why I gasped audibly because uh, I love... I just am so, you know, I went to just, you know, a public high school and, you know, I only ever went to public school was always co-ed. And, and so when I started the podcast, that was one of the things that I was so fascinated by 
uh, right from the start was was talking to people who went to private schools because especially went to you know non coed private schools because oh, um, yeah. it was just so it just seemed so different to me um, and and it, I, I'm always so fascinated to hear different people's reasoning for why they did or didn't do well. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. because I say I always say like I don't know. I mean maybe I would have done fine at an all girl school. I kind of I kind of do feel like there was a there was a different energy that perhaps um, brought a different kind of desire to do well or 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 to blow something off or whatever. Just depending on the kind of kids I was around and whether or not they were you know whatever gender. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to hear that because, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I went to private school and it was much easier to focus because we didn't have, you know, yeah. boys or we didn't have girls or whatever. Um, but I, but I always, I, I kind of feel like I might've felt like your brother. I think I might've been like, I, this isn't working for me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also just because what I was used to, you know? Yeah. So, so, so you kind of, you kind of, you kind of escaped having to perhaps find that out. Uh, for yourself if it would have maybe been the same or not worked quite quite so well for you um, by him being the uh, family lab rat as it were yeah uh, and then you ended up going to to the school that you went to and you liked it yeah we were going to Denny I was still in Compton uh, at the time and then um, uh, the 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 like like my like centennial was rough uh you know it's Ken, that's it, that's also the same school kendrick lamar went to uh and it was uh mm-hmm. you know my 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 brother's first day there he saw like this huge fight between this uh this girl and the the, the you know gang there and so he came with a lot of stories so my parents i think were already like well they're not going to go there. So what what they did was we, our uncle lived in Downey. And for the first few years, he, we were just using his address to go. Because we started yeah. going to school in Downey like my eighth grade year. And then that was, Downey was the school that I transferred to from Sussman, which was the middle school I went to. And But it was always like the threat of from my dad was if I don't get good grades or if I don't act right, he's going to make me go to Centennial uh, like my brother did. So, so that, so that was their kind of representation for it. So I think that was, he, he was a test of multiple levels because first he was a test of this Bosco experiment that didn't work. And then the Centennial experiment while he did have good grades i think they didn't like just the atmosphere that he was forced to uh to grow up in so for uh, by the time it came time for us to go to high school they're like all right well we're just gonna have y'all go to downey and then somewhere along the way oh wait oh sorry somewhere along the way the school figured out that we weren't uh in downey and then we we did have to move to downey proper oh they did yeah and at that point yeah, I always think, uh, well, you know, I definitely know people that that di- that did the same thing, and um, and uh, yeah, I guess I always think like if they're good kids who are doing well or decently, you know, just good, just like good all round kids, and like you've gotten away for with it long enough, I guess in my mind, I'm like, wouldn't you just? Which is a very, again, naive thing to say. Like, I'm not an administrator of the school district. <laughs> I don't know what the conversations look like. But, you know, your 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 gut instinct as an outsider is to be like, but wouldn't you just be like, well, like, wag your finger like you got away with it and that was wrong. But 
but we're not going to like kick you out or make you, you know, like it's like that what's done is done. You're here now. You're a productive, you know, member of this little community of students like you can stick around. So they found out and they 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 were like, you better rectify this one way or the other. But we're not going to let you come here if you're just using your uncle's address. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, no, you got to you got to you it's, it's real wild yeah i mean that's that's general you know once again the bigger conversation of systemic racism and the allocations sure. of funds and such and such so but but yeah we we ended up moving uh out that way and uh and it was it was wild too because like because i i always kind of felt like i had those those first from eighth grade to to uh to i think it was like my junior year we ended up moving like it was like halfway through my sophomore year but i felt that like Mm -hmm. chunk of time my experience going to like you know between eighth grade and high school was so different because i couldn't really hang out with friends because we lived so far away from each other you know like it was like yeah like uh let me see i'm I'm gonna see how far it was i mean there was a train that that we could take but it was like it was you know like i i you there's like this like interesting level of freedom you have as a kid like you had you you know Mm. you you have the freedom of like you can move about as you want in that like chunk of time between school is being done and go mm-hmm. and, and you being home. But like when so what would happen is we'd go to school and then we'd walk from school back to our uncle's house and we'd wait there till our parents got off of work, which was around five. So there was this like, you know, two to three hour frame of time where we um, where, you know. We, we did have the freedom, but like two to three hours compared to like, you know, if your parents come home at five and as long as you're home by seven, you're good. And that gives you a little more freedom right. to like hang out, go over people's house, you know, do things like that. It, it, like, yeah. It, yeah, it just it kind of changed. Um, it just kind of made it hard to kind of have some some like real chill, kicking it fun. That's right. what all the kids right. call it, right? Real chill, kicking it fun. <laughs> that's what we've absolutely called. I mean, I think that's like legally what you have to call yeah. it now. Um, oh, 100%. A lot has changed in the last <laughs> few years. Yeah. Um, and and so what was the what was the um, general kind of like diversity level of of the Downey High School? Was it was there some good diversity? Was it not diverse? Yeah, it was pretty diverse. Like uh, it was very interesting. My whole kind of history with Downey is interesting because you know I'm coming from Compton california and uh and this was like a time it's so funny because like i'll be like oh i'm from compton and you know kind of proud because you know uh in you know straight out of compton the movie made it real cool to be from compton but at the time i didn't tell people i was from compton because like if people knew you were from compton there was this idea of like oh then you must be in gangs and you must be you know i I gotta be scared of you so like i was telling people i was from downey which is funny because now people uh tease me especially like my friends from downey when if I do say I'm from Compton, they'll be like, you're from Downey. I was like, no, I'm actually not. I spent, uh, you know, two years max within living within that city. But it is like, yeah. but the, I remember um, it was like this like wild, uh, you know, this energy like kind of coming in there and just kind of 
trying to play it low key and being like, oh yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm 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 from around these these parts, but it was like it was like pretty chill because uh, I, that's that's how I got on this tangent. What was wild for me was because Downey is was typically separated into two parts among the kids. You were either from North Downey or South Downey, and South Downey was the poor part, and South Downey was all I kind of really saw at first, and I went there thinking, oh, this is really nice you know like this is the this is mm-hmm. nice so it was real funny coming there and i would i would like tell the kids to their face or it's like oh i think it's funny that you say south downy is the poor part because this is all great to me you know and it's and it's even funnier you know living my life now to where i am now and you know just uh being in the industry we are now that like these these like stuck up kids from North Downey is like, oh no, y'all just had such a small scope of the world because North Downey, like I would, that like, if it wasn't such a pain to drive from North Downey to here, I would probably have a house out there <laughs> so that I can drive out this way and work. But it's just, you yeah. know, it, it, it is funny when you think about it, how your concept of money changes when you're a kid. Because like, I remember like, if you give, a like any a kid like from from k through like fifth grade 20 bucks it's it's like you've given them a hundred bucks and then if you're in high school and you have like you know a hundred bucks i mean this is this is all using the way money was when i was a kid this doesn't account for inflation but when when i was a kid if you had a hundred bucks like sometimes when birthday you got a hundred bucks you were like oh the world was your oyster you were like oh what can i do with all this because you don't have as many expenses as an adult and so it's it's so funny to think of like how kids see like money and what is like a lot of money like if you give if i gave if you give like a fifth grader a hundred bucks they probably feel like you know a, a millionaire you know as long as their yeah. dad isn't like elon musk or something you know like they're, they're like oh <laughs> right. man you know it, it, it's it, it's so funny because yeah. you're talking about it um uh just just the the idea of like the consciousness and where we're at now and it's so funny how it is like you your eyes are so open to like where like even discussing money and passing you're like oh everyone has a different like even now like i'm talking about kids but everyone has yeah. like a different idea of like what 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 a, a constitutes as a lot of money like i like yeah. I, like I, I remember talking about this when i forgot when this was this was like even before i was doing like stuff uh like because so just so you know, because I've, I've said it many times on the podcast, but I don't think I've said it to you or on this podcast because this is the first time I'm saying it. But um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> after high school, I graduated um, um, uh, high school and then started going to college. And then I was kind of fucking around a bit. And so my dad got me a job working for the L.A. County Register rec- uh, Recorder, working for the government. And then. Um, then eventually I found that no, all I want to do is comedy and acting. So I left all that behind and started pursuing that time. But even in that time, I remember just having discussion of money of like amongst our group of friends, how like everyone, when they say that they're like, quote unquote, broke has a different meeting. And a a lot of times like, when, when, like if someone, if you ask a friend like, oh, I can't go somewhere. And a lot of times they'll be like, oh yeah, no, I can't come because I'm broke. They mean, they usually, they, you know, the, the, the ones with the means to would be like, 
Yeah, no, by broke, I mean, like, I've spent my allotted fun money and and that I have money saved. Uh, uh, yes. But but like but I just don't have the money to spend for that. And lots of times, especially in my early uh, like 20s, for actually a huge chunk of my life, uh, actually until recently, kind of when I said I was broke, I meant like there was zero dollars or less yeah. in my bank yep. account yep. <laughs> like that like that's what yeah. i mean when i say i'm broke because 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 and, and my dad always used to get on me for this but like i've always been of the kind of like idea of just like yeah you know uh why say live for the moment <laughs> and and then now i have like you know a child and stuff and i and it's like this fleeting idea of being like oh yeah and then if college is a thing once you grow it's weird now because like the the concept of money and budgeting has changed too because it's very it seems very i don't know i wonder if i'm being too cynical to look in the future or if there, it really is just being like what is college gonna be like uh, you know by the time naomi who's four now is 18 which yeah. means 16 years like what's that gonna be yeah oh i get it i mean i i that's i don't have kids and that's i think a reason i'm I think I've been very much the the person who's like, uh, if there's a huge decision like that that can either be made or not made, uh, I probably will maybe not make it, <laughs> just because, just because it because I have such a, a propensity to worry and like you know and and to to know that i have like a, a, a i feel like a fairly uh deep well of love uh that i am capable of feeling for a person yeah. um and so those are like that like that's you know that fear of parenting um hits deep for me like oh oh my god to love something so much that it feels like a piece of my heart got ripped out after i had this kid and now that piece of my heart is always going to be disconnected from me and i'm always going to wish i could put it back in my heart in a way like you know what i mean to just keep it yeah. close and then to also be a person who projects into the future of worst case scenarios like whoo i mean parents are heroes to me because yeah. they are they are facing a thing that is totally faceable, um, but that I have chosen not to face for one reason or another, at least up till now. Um, so I have nothing but respect for it because it's, it's like a huge, that's huge, you know? And like, I think, you know, it, it to your dad's point and to your point, you kind of need to strike a balance of both, right? Because if you're living in the what ifs, then um, there's a big piece of happiness that's probably going to be absent from your day to day. But you also want to plan for some what ifs, uh, ideally. So I guess you don't have to think about them. I don't know. But that's a hard that's hard for all of us. Right. Is to oh, yeah. to do both to like be in the moment and kind of be ready for some sort of uh, totally undefined future for us and the people we care about. And it's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it definitely added to my, like, understanding because, like, um, you know, being in my dad, you know, is from Nigeria and he, you know, an immigrant from Nigeria. And when I told him I wanted to do, like, comedy and acting, he... Who he hated it. He was like yeah. so against it. And it's so funny because now looking back and being a parent, it's like it's just the simple fact that like he has an idea of what he knows. And as far as he knew, 
the surefire way to have a stable source of income is to either be a doctor or a lawyer or in like he knew like okay if you get a job yeah. you're good and for me to be to yeah. go into this uncharted territory where he had no way to give me advice was just scary for him and it's but sure. and, and it's like so uh i think so wild uh to for, for him to be like okay i have to support you give you moral support and talk you through this and i just have no clue how it works and i'm just supposed to yeah. uh trust that uh that that you know it's going to uh it's gonna work out and it's like yeah you kind of do absolutely and of, and of course like once you start bringing in the like twitch of it all i mean that that's it, it should it, in some ways it shouldn't be that um totally like unique and 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 sort of unheard of for anyone over uh a certain age which is but like yeah. that's one of the most recent ways that mm -hmm. you could earn a living that our parents are like i don't even know what you're saying to me what are you yeah. even saying to me right now what are you saying like what is this but in a sense you're like well you know how you watch professional athletes or like you turn on a game and like you watch like a football player playing a game you know what i mean like there's ways that it totally makes sense that it does feel like a natural extension of that if you are if you kind of sit with that or if you um spend some time in the twitch world but for you know like if i try to tell my dad uh, like oh well here's let me just give you like a background of like the back you know history of twitch and stuff my dad would be like this means i don't know what you, what no what like he just wouldn't accept it he'd be like i don't know what you mean yeah you know so it's just like it's 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 not even like you know but but it's cool and it's and it works and it's awesome and like but it's just not necessarily something you know you want to talk about telling someone you want to get into comedy then this is and this is just my assumption i just know that like telling my dad that i want to be an actor is that has a shape and a form to it whether our parents think it's a good idea or not that feels relatable in a way that when when you start talking about twitch or like gaming or anything like that um that starts to feels like even a further step away from a parent's comprehension of like what do i say like how do i support like other than to just be like sounds good <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> it is it is like wild because i mean there's just so much it really like if you are an overthinker you will overthink but it is like this wildness to it where it's like because like there's an element where you're like okay every like i think i over over like think my interactions with Naomi because I'm like well you know how how I you know talk to her and how I you know the things I let her put up from me is also going to reflect how she deals with the men in her life so I have to mm -hmm. make sure I like respect um uh you know uh respect you know her boundaries and also like you know when she says like she doesn't w want me to do something say no unless it's like very important and i explain to her why and so and it's all like and it's funny because you think like oh yeah these are great things but then you're thinking about uh, you know these thoughts being distilled when she tells me whether or not she wants uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> you know you're like oh this is <laughs> Am I am I overthinking yeah. this interaction or which interaction? But yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
Oh, this peanut butter sandwich. What a minefield, right? What a, <laughs> what a yeah. minefield. Oh, yeah. Um, well, well, I can't. I knew this was going to happen because obviously, you know, I'm crazy about you. So I was excited to talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do that thing where I realize 50 minutes in that I've barely asked him anything about high school. But and that has come to fruition in it, it, just tenfold. Oh, yeah. Um this but, is my uh, master plan, oh, so I can come back. So, you so people will evil, come. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, people will beautiful be begging, man. Begging for uh, more. I will be back. I will be, and I I have no problem with that at all. Um, <laughs> that being said, in some sort of attempt to get us to this mash game that you know I like to play at the end of an episode. Um, I do want to uh, get a sense, a, a little bit more of a sense of, oh, for yeah. the listener of of uh of what what you were into uh when you were in high school were you 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 talked about you know realizing you want to get plugged into acting and comedy um at a certain point was that something that you were dabbling in at all um in downey or or was that the, yeah, this, so much later to come that you were into other stuff that was that's such a good question because here here's where that kind of confusion comes into play. I've always wanted to act since I was since I was young because of shows like, you know, all that and all the, you know, the 90s were like real big for young actors. Like they really were put put propped up. And so I was I was so into it. But like I had a dad from Nigeria who had no clue as to what to do with that. And my mom, you know, is from Louisiana. And I'm sure she probably thought to she probably would have thought to be like, oh, you should probably do like drama or something. But I was staying with my dad at the time. And my dad was so opposed to the idea that he'd try and be like, well, do this or do that. So I was uh, so I was into it. So, so into it that, you know, in L.A., this is another one of those regional things. But during the summers, uh, during high school, they would have these like commercials. I was like, do you want to be an actor or a model or a singer? Call yeah. this number and we'll help you do it. And it was like specifically targeted towards teens. And I kept seeing it all one summer. Didn't see it. I mean, I, uh, I didn't sign up, didn't call. And I regretted it the whole next school year because, you know, all the, you know, these shows are still coming out and I'm like, this could have been me. This could have been me. So then, um, at the end of the school year, I, I like made up my mind. I was like, I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna call that number and become a famous actor. That's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. So I, when I was signing everyone's yearbook, I left an autograph in the yearbook because I that was yeah, my big thing did. of like this will be this is gonna be such a treat because I'm you know they're they're they they don't know but like next year I'm gonna be this big time actor and then they're gonna have um they're gonna have you know the this autograph in in the in their book you know like they're gonna have this 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 uh this gorgeous autograph so i was like yeah they don't even know the gift i'm giving them right yeah i was so i was so uh feeling myself and then uh and then like that year that that summer that ad never played once like not a single time so I like po- was it like possibly because like it was a total scam and like the entire oh, business like uh, I'm down. almost a hundred percent sure that's exactly what yeah. happened and so like yeah, yeah I totally never saw it again and and I saw and there were like two or three people I did actually tell <laughs> like I there are actually two or three people <laughs> who I was like I was like when I come back 
I'm, I'm a, like, I'm doing signing up. So they were like, oh, luckily I didn't tell the whole school. So no one got, I didn't get super dunked on. But there were a couple of people that were like, oh, hey, uh, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> and, um, and I was real. But outside of that, I feel like the first um, part of uh, like my, my freshman to junior year, was me doing everything and laying the foundation of everything I implement on my nerdy Twitch side of my life. Like I was yeah. getting real into anime, really into, I wanted to be like an artist. So I would draw, that was another thing my dad talked me out of, but I would draw my own comics and upload them to this forum. And they would do this thing called fight clubs where you would establish a story. Everyone introduces their characters and everyone would take turns in the fight doing one page, one, one to like two pages of a comic of, the fight going down and so i was like uploading yeah i was uploading those comics i had my own website for my comics called evolution mangas where i was like me my friend and like one other artist were uploading our our like comic pages up so i was doing a lot of that and playing lots of video games uh (laughs) and the acting side really didn't come till senior when like uh it finally hit me like, oh, I should do a drama class if I like, like, and I didn't do a drama class. What happened is I was doing comedy sports. I started doing improv. I started doing improv my senior year uh, oh, of uh, of high school. I was doing short form and I did that. And then the teacher uh, wanted to get some of the improvisers on the As You Like It um you know, show. So then that's when I started doing, uh, doing some drama. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. See, that's all that feels like, again, like everybody talk about everybody's path being different too. And, and there's nothing that I love more than, you know, when you realize you're in a place in your life where you're able to kind of weave together different things that you care about um, that that on their own don't necessarily sh- like say you know here's this one big thing or you know this thing that's going to have these different tendrils that kind of reach out and touch these different passions in your life but um, when if there if and when there starts to be this opportunity to start to like weave those things together uh, like that's just such a that the, the I guess for me maybe the organic quality of that is just very satisfying because it does sort of fulfill that sense of a journey and that it being an ongoing one to me and maybe that's cheesy but um but that's that's I don't know that's like that's kind of how I like it you know yeah to be able to say like yeah listen I was this like I was this age when I started doing this and you know people could say like oh if you just started this sooner than this this and this it's like but that's not how yeah like I, I needed to go and be and do and and you know do all this this stuff that that still believe it or not like absolutely factors into the person I am now with a career I have um but like that that's how it had to be for me you know <laughs> but yeah. I think it's super cool that you were doing improv by senior year I mean that's a great head start to a lot to a lot of oh yeah for sure oh yeah it was it was fun I immediately just got wrapped in uh wrapped in on that I was in and were you dating? Were you uh, were you dating? And and were you dating people who shared your um, the stuff that you were into that was a little bit more kind of specific, like you know, getting into anime or or gaming and stuff like that? So I wanted to date so 
bad uh you know i like <laughs> like i was i was generally off-putting for most of my uh <laughs> my high school experience because i was so thirsty and i was so and i was just so sure <laughs> that i knew what um what what like women wanted and all this stuff and i would just totally just be uh you know much too crass much like and just really trying to like pretend i was this like lothario um like i and uh in the end i think that is what kept uh most most women uh most girls in high school away from me but i did i remember there was one girl who i really had a crush with and like i like i i like she, she i remember her being like oh yeah you know um yeah i'll uh i'll um do the like i like yeah i'll date you and i was like cool great and then uh and then like the next day she was like yeah i just no <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> day yeah the next day i only got a day but then there was someone who i was uh kind of dating a while and she was great but it was like it was like very one of those like very like high school relationships where there was really no substance just lots of making out (laughs) and Uh that's about it uh but yeah so i don't think i had like any like real like worthwhile relationships in high school right Right. Um, so, and when you say that you were you were sort of pretending the Lothario role, was that what I want to say? Was it like transparent to the outside that you didn't know that that wasn't real, or was that a turnoff because it did seem like you were kind of a player, and that felt like. Uh, dangerous in a different way does that make sense yeah no 100 percent uh the yeah i i was i it was a hundred percent like seen through because it um <laughs> based on the like deadpan like the straight up deadpan like reaction of being like oh no uh you are yeah right you know like you're just talking out of your ass and it just really I was, and I was, it's so funny because it truly, I was like straight up just, just called out and I would just try and double down and be like, oh man, let's, let's, uh, maybe, maybe if I double down, it'll work. And it never did. It never did. It never did. It, I hate to bring this up because it feels like it's such a cliche and it, it is, a, it shows the limitations of the scope of what uh, many of us think of culturally when we think of um, movies from a certain era. But like, it does sound a little bit ducky from Pretty in Pink to me. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's a, I'm sure a billion other comparisons that could be- get made, but they maybe for, for, better or for worse didn't become as iconic long term as um as ducky who when john crier still refers to himself as ducky you know it stuck yeah um like refers to himself in a third person as like i know what you're thinking why is ducky involved in a true crime podcast uh but uh but yeah that you know that's sort of like because that's a very specific kind of bravado like the like the comfort of being because you know you have like the shy folks who 
really just wouldn't put themselves out there like that and then maybe find out later like oh I had a crush on you oh you did I didn't even you know there was just like no moves being made um versus like people who were really kind of up in it and like part of like the the teenage makeout world and then but that but that's a real specific type right to be sort of bold enough to be like yeah I'm pretty sure like I got it I can get there with this with these moves I can get there and then to not have it pan out, you know, it's just kind of a wonderful, it's a kind of a wonderful trope. Yeah, no, I, it's so, it's so funny because they just totally just, I see that in so many of the people we like make fun of and dunk on now because it is true. Like it really does feel like, who boy, like, like, it's like, just give it up, give it up. Uh, but you're still like, <laughs> still like, nope. All right. I all this time we've been talking, and I'm gonna email this to you. I'm sending you lots of emails, uh, but I found oh, it. Someone uh, about I'll let you know exact date in 2018. Someone from uh, from my high school posted their their yearbook of me signing it. It says iffy, like I did a normal like whole written out thing, and then I signed iffy, and then I did did a signature. And I said, this is not worth much today, but this will pay your rent someday. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I was boy. so sure. Yeah. I was so, so sure that I was. And also what's funny is just looking back now that like, it's like, it's not even the fact like I could be Timothy Chalamet, but autographs don't go for money like that. <laughs> Like no one's like yeah. buying <laughs> autographs. <laughs> like I could be like hyper rich, but that still would not be worth anything. <laughs> like if someone was like, yeah, "Oh, I'm selling." You're right. The the <laughs> you're right. The autograph is maybe not the autograph market. Maybe is, not the promise that it was back then. Oh yeah, because that was you remember that was the 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 king. Watch. Let me see watch oh, um, that's great i'm excited about that I'm so right now on uh on on ebay the most expensive i'm trying to find the most expensive uh the highest is a is three hundred dollars for a signed timothy chalamet and army hammer call me by your name movie poster so 300 is the most you can really get for and right, for for right. a, for an autograph. So just just so how off the mark I was. I was oh that made me cringe reading that because that's so just off-puttingly cocky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I know, but if it's but but if it if but if there's like wouldn't you rather it be transparent and have been transparent than to have people actually go like Okay, this he is a psychopath. Do you know what I mean? Like it, like when you see through it, you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. I just want to thwap him in the forehead. But also, like, there's room to still like sort of have that feeling of like, oh, you, opposed to like, I seriously fear you. Like, you are the center of your own universe, and you are completely sure that you are. I mean, like, you're just not. I just you you would have had to change so much from the person yeah. you are now to have then at that time been just like 
utterly awful. You know what I mean? So of course, when I hear that you put that in the yearbook, like I'm going to look at it through my you today glasses and like, it seems totally adorable and charming. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what's so funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah. When you look at it from this end of the, of the spectrum, it's like, oh yeah. But anyone else who might be a friend going through that. (laughs) Yeah. Going through that. I would hate for, for them to be like, who wrote this? And then like Googling me and being like, oh really? (laughs) This is like, wait, no, I need you to know. I need you to know. (laughs) Please. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right, it's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick! Start flexing! Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, I, w- I want to get into this MASH game with you. Okay. Uh, I think we've got enough to shoot off on. Um, the first category that I would like to get three answers from you regarding, uh, and then we will figure out which thing you end up with in the end uh, after all this. Uh, the first one is going to be, let's do three cartoons or animes that, which I guess we know the difference, but uh, it's sort of all-encompassing, um, that you can jump into and just be in and hang with the character and stuff whenever you want oh one for sure is gonna have to be ugly americans i think that that'd be a fun one uh the next would be an anime called gintama i think that'd be that'd be fun and then i think the last it's so funny because like there's ones that i love that i think people might think that I'm I I I'd want to pick which is like a Dragon Ball Z but that one is you're always fighting for your life like you know like I, I definitely want to pick right, a chill right. one where I don't have to fight for my That's life exhausting uh, all the time. yeah um let's see uh and then I think my last pick which will be my final one which will be the one that I'm capping this off with. <laughs> you take your time. You take your time. <laughs> I, think, I think my neighbor Totoro, you know, or are we talking about like serialized and not movies? I just realized I might be cheating, I- but. No, you're there. I, I feel there's no cheating. I feel there's okay. no cheating. This is this is your this is because we're creating your ideal uh, alternate universe world. So okay. it's I'm I, I, I put the reins on your hands on that one. All right. Yeah. Just because I feel like, you know, having four spirits to look over with me and hang with would be amazing. Also, Totoro is cute. I would sleep in the tree with Totoro. OK, great. All right, great. Okay, next category. Let's do a three. 
I'm going to do this one because um, it's a just a big favorite of mine. Three uh, foods that in this reality are either, you know, you're allergic to or they're like you want to eat a bunch of it, but you feel sick pretty quick because you're not a six-year-old child who can eat <laughs> a bag of M&Ms and not feel like, and I mean a big bag. Uh, yeah. Or it can be something too, like within this category also, like a thing that you've had that, you know, you got somewhere special that you're like, oh, why can't I have that every day? Why does it have to be a hundred miles away or what have you? So these yeah. three things were going to give you at in perpetuity with zero ramifications eat as much as you want Ooh, i i think and and only foods not drinks uh you know what we can throw some some drinks in there sure okay well definitely gonna have horchata probably gonna say oh, the, yeah nice. that's a, that i can have so so much of and then while we're still on that train i'm probably gonna hmm, gonna say tres leches cake Lots of lots of dairy, but you know, we're gonna close out strong with That's some. That's what this uh, is for. That's what this is for. With some with some beef ribs, uh, and I and I'd say the beef ribs from. We'll say Franklin's. You know, beef ribs from Franklin's. Great. Okay. Hmm. Franklin's. Okay. Uh, let's do, okay, we're going to do three rooms in your house. What we're going to do is we're going to give you a magical door that uh, opens up to a room that is not going to make an imprint on the blueprint of, uh, wherever you currently dwell. And, and they are places that, um, Naomi can open the door and she can just be transported or it can just be like a, it could just be like a room that's like you know could just be like a playroom or an art room so it could be as magical as you want or as kind of practical but this is sort of a gift to her from you okay well i definitely would give her a more fully decked out princess room i mean she already calls her room the princess room because i got one of those like kind of what what would you call those um it it hangs in the roof like hangs on the roof and it kind of comes down uh t no i was gonna call it you know what i mean the like a canopy <laughs> there it is, is yep that that's one? exactly it's yeah, like okay. a like a canopy and it lands on like a little big unicorn plush but i'd want it like more kind yeah, of there filled is. out with more like princess dresses for her and a tea party area and like an area where she could like uh like like ride those you know those weird mall plush uh plush (laughs) animal vehicles that kids love so much for some reason i I, she'd have one of those in there that's Uh, amazing that's amazing and okay uh, okay so that's one room we got the princess room um two more uh i think the other one would just be like an indoor uh playground with like a with one of those um those like climby domes uh yeah and it, it and it would have like monkey uh monkey bars across the room little foam pit nice next to a ball yes, pit. yes indeed i kind of want this now <laughs> uh okay that's two okay princess room indoor playground what's number three and number three for Naomi, let's say we'll say a full art room. So like a room where she can paint on the walls if she'd wish. A nice little easel, uh, you know, a clay area with the whole uh, situation uh, there where she can like yeah. you know play with the play doh. 
and she would hopefully remember to put it back in the container so it doesn't harden. <laughs> Uh, this is cur- a magical room, so it magically puts that back. Yeah, Although yeah, that's magically. not going to teach her any any uh, rules, so maybe she should have to be the one who puts them back. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but yeah, okay, definitely beautiful. that. Okay, um, I want all of those rooms for myself. Do I want a princess room? I guess I could live without a princess room. Okay, next one. Uh, let's do three places in the world that uh, we're going to give you the ability to teleport to um, that you would love to have a second home. Even if you've never been there, just kind of the idea of why you think you would like it is also totally acceptable and cool. One of the places that, I, um, that I've promised myself I'd try and end up in if Naomi uh, goes to college and I'm still single uh, is a cabin somewhere in a in a in in in, in the plains of Sweden uh, in complete solitude uh, wooden cabin and I could uh, near a lake so 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 a a, a it teleports me there to a completely in the middle of the plains yes, cabin in Sweden great two more the second one would definitely be a, a beachside uh town i definitely uh maybe you know oceanside they really have nice waves down there i used to uh really be into surfing so you know this i'd be right. like a beach bum and the whole house would smell like sex wax and uh you know <laughs> great great catch, catch uh, okay what's number three number three would be the uh final element of these uh plethora of elements which would be like a mountain cabin probably somewhere uh just to be fancy i'd, I'd say uh somewhere one of the snowier parts of europe there was like one yeah, microsoft does these things where like they'll show like a landscape and it'll look gorgeous and they'll tell you where it is and you'll try and remember it because you're like i need to visit that place but you'll forget anyway yes, but uh yeah yep. i'd say one of one of the yeah. snowy places in a cabin but near a town that's very easy for me to picture too yeah yeah i love it okay near a town that's key yeah yeah in case of emergency um we'll get a saint bernard up there with a casket a little thing in its uh chin of rum or whatever but he's drunk so it's like how are you gonna help people out if you're drunk he is wasted um okay uh next one uh you mentioned singledom uh in your last answers but in this mash game we do give you the opportunity for some romance slash sexy times uh <laughs> any person any character from anything any age any era um so you know it could be somebody from the 30s uh it could be you know somebody from a book anything three people that you would love to have a a, a romance with in this alternate universe okay um marissa tomei number one uh off top of the Fantastic. dome um uh, and then uh i i think i would also say uh you know megan the stallion number two right there great and uh this one's a deep cut, so let me go ahead and get, get the name ex- extremely correct. But she was in a movie okay. called uh, Wild Zero, which was featuring the Japanese punk band uh, Guitar Wolf. And it seems like after my much uh, done research after, she was like a model at the time. And then like after that, okay. you really don't hear anything uh, <laughs> about her again. But uh, Haruka Nakaijo. Okay. So those are my three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, show. Okay. 
Uh, great. Okay. Uh, next category three 90s shows that you can jump into and hang out with the characters whenever you want. Ooh, three 90s shows that you can jump into. I got to take it back to your oh, point yeah. about it being a good era for, for the kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, definitely Moesha. I've, I always want to hang with the Moesha folks. I got to work with Brandy on uh, the show The Game that I was on on BET for, for yeah. a handful of episodes. And yeah. I was like unnecessary. Like I was pretty starstruck. <laughs> like I really was like, that was, I like really like her. That was our like childhood and like our all like, like we all were on the Brandy train. She had the boy is mine, you know, like that's yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't blame wonderful. you. I would be the same. I would be s- just completely yeah. starstruck. Um, yeah. I would say I would kick it in Will's crew um, on the uh, on the uh, in in the Fresh Prince. Yep. And last but not least, I would hang out in the lobby of that hotel in the Wayne's Bros. <laughs> Great. Great, great, great. Okay, awesome. Uh, okay, and then second to last category, three artists. for That could mean illustrators, singer-songwriters, um, you know, musicians, dancers, rappers, opera, uh, sculptors. I don't care. Whatever you think of as art. Three artists that you kind of serve as the muse for like they are like oh you all like i'm i'm having writer's block or like i gotta you know and and you sort of like you have this friendship with them where they um they feel like you know you inspire them and they inspire you oh this is okay that's really good um one for me would be takashi murakami i really like his art oh yeah i think the other i mean got to if, if we're doing dreams i'd say the other is beyonce let her, let her come to me let, let's get let's let's inspire each other, uh, inspire each other yeah and i think i think i'd really like uh you know although time would be limited uh like uh martin scorsese because maybe him being inspired by me will add a little more black people to his movies Oh my God. It really is just like never. I already like opined on this fairly recently on the podcast, but I just never was I so hyper aware of it than with his last, like that long yeah. Netflix thing. I was like, I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. Like, I'm too outside of this now. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm from such a further distance than I ever was looking at this. Do you know? Yeah. It's rough. Um, yeah agreed love it great answer uh okay and then final category now listen you're gonna have to be a little patient with me because this might be like the dumbest question in the world this is like a thing where i say something as if i like i'm implying that i know anything about the gaming world which i a thousand percent don't so if this is like so stupid then we can do a different category but i'm but i feel like there's something here so i'm gonna say three games that like could have been amazing but there was like it was like oh man like is that a thing right where yeah, like no, you're, there are you're games you come yeah, across where you're like oh man that could have been so good and you <laughs> fucked it up because xyz no, no, so you're, like you're, this is the this is the redemption games right like okay good yeah. okay good all right so i'm not that stupid uh no, so yeah, yeah so three games that's like you get a chance to like turn them into the games that they could have been 
Yeah, yeah. Two uh, games with potential that flopped. Um, yeah. I think uh, one would be Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers was this game that uh, was supposed to be this, like, you know, a fun uh, uh, PvP shooter game that Cliff Blazinski, the guy who uh, made Gears of War, was really excited about. And it just came and went uh, <laughs> with a quickness like it popped up did not do well and people have thus moved on you you're not you, you're yeah. not going to see anyone playing that anytime soon so that one I'd, I'd say the new uh, the new Tom Clancy Ghost Recon game because it was like in this fun you know force locale and like they're still updating it they're still trying to keep it going but the thing with games that's so interesting is like you just if a game isn't that popular, you're kind of playing it on borrowed time because you never know when the team is just going to like give up mm. and be like, OK, we're shutting the servers down. It's yeah, it's we're we're, we're it's 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 done. And I think another yep. game that that recently happened to, uh, which was a real bummer. Let me see. And I actually was enjoying it. And it just and what's so what kind of sucks is um, is that like, yeah, sometimes it just uh, is just is it just is just uh, like the game didn't hit didn't because you have we're in an interesting time where a lot of a lot of games just kind of have like borrowed time like 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 there's so many games that like if your game doesn't pop off it kind of just gets pushed to the side mm-hmm. and then another game steps sure. up and so oh, there's sure. really there's a really fun fun game called um uh dead by daylight which is a 4v uh 4v1 game and one player plays a, a killer and the other players play the survivor. And in that mm. game, you know, it's real fun because, you know, you have to turn on all these generators bet- before the killer gets you. They have a lot of fun cross promotion. Like they have Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Freddy Krueger's in the game. Michael Myers is in the game ah. as the shape. Uh, yeah. And the the saw uh, is in it. So all the horror genres have have like st- have like worked with this game and it's really fun and so they tried to do an a an action version of this game uh where where it was called death garden blood harvest where it was really cool because i i really do like the world building in video games even when it's not like heavily done and like it was kind of this this like these these blood sports where like it's people who if they were like for some reason um like disgraced or if they were in the lower rungs of society if you won or, or made made enough progress in this game called the death harvest then you would raise to the upper echelons of society and then it was like us it was the same concept where it was like a 1v5 and and one player plays the hunter which are these like you know glory hunters who like are going against these people trying to survive to make it and it was mm-hmm. it was just more action based because instead of like trying to survive and running away this was more active where you're like setting traps and kind of slowing them down like you still couldn't kill the hunter but you can st- you 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 had more kind of uh 
like agency. Oh, you know, you can you 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 had ways to defend yourself, and it just kind of did it like it had a rough start because I and the reason I knew it had a rough start is because I was playing it and people were like, oh, oh, is it a lot better now? And I was like, oh no, that means it had a rough start. And then they in November they uh, they 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 shut down the servers and the game is uh, the game is Oof. done. And I feel like. Oof. By the time I played it, it had the potential of being so much bigger, but you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well, that's great. God, see, mm. you made me sound cooler for having like really good, thoughtful answers to that question. Yeah. So I'm very excited. <laughs> it, this is really all about me at the end of the day. Um, okay. Give me a number between three and eight. Seven. I love how much time you took with that. Um, okay. And then while I figure out what uh, what from each category you're going to get, can you please tell our wonderful listeners um, where they can find you, what they should be checking out, uh, oh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Shameless self-promotion because you're wonderful and I want everyone to love you if they don't already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my name is Ify Wadiways, and that's my name on Twitter and Instagram. Ify Wadiway, I have Y N W A D I W E. If D's on Twitch, if you like people playing uh, video games, uh, and uh, and yeah, you should just uh, follow the socials to keep up with anything I'm doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting into a whole bunch of uh, goofiness, uh, so just stay tuned for that. But yeah, uh, I think yeah. It, it, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, are you? But you were you were working on the um, on the debate show too, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The great debate. That show is still still going. We got a few more episodes left, so definitely tune in every Thursday on Sci Fi. It's a good time, uh, and and you know it's coming. It's coming back soon uh my i have a show on twitch the show i reference called super punch uh it runs monday through friday and on friday it's live on tbs so tune into that that will be coming back uh mid-august and you'll know the exact date uh when you follow me on social media yeah and guess what you're gonna have to work for it and follow him just kidding um but yes but yes okay uh i have your results i'm feeling very good about them very exciting i think i'm gonna be happy i want to first congratulate you on this is exciting because i know you wanted a cabin but whatever mansion means to you in this (laughs) uh snowy climate in europe near a town uh it is technically a mansion so that can be whatever you want it to be but it's not going to be like a place that gets too cold in the winter one assumes because it's going to be kind of a kind of a sweet pad so uh you got yourself a mansion in uh, a snowy climate in europe which sounds pretty fantastic you uh i'm gonna guess probably that may even be like a good sort of creative getaway where like if for example beyonce is like working on a new album and like you're you know you guys are collaborating on something that could be like a good place where you probably have like a built-in studio or something um that you know you guys could just like work on some stuff because uh you definitely got uh of an extraordinary person that you are their muse and they are yours so not bad yeah uh i want yeah not bad at all I also want to congratulate you on your ability to jump into two different types of media. You can jump into the hotel lobby with <laughs> Wayne's <laughs> Brothers. 
I'm very tickled by that um, whenever you want to. And then conversely, you can also jump into Ugly Americans whenever you want. So two total other different worlds there as well as uh as all of these adventures continue to grow you're going to be very busy doing all these different things and bopping around everywhere i want you to rest assured whatever else you decide to eat you can have unlimited tres leches cake with zero ramifications um so that's pretty exciting because that is a delicious delicious treat um in your current home you have a magical art room for Naomi, which I feel like you might dip into that a little bit yourself oh, and yeah. make some cool stuff. Um, you have what have I now? Okay, you have uh, redeemed uh, the ghost. Uh, what was it say? Ghost Recon, the Tom mm-hmm. Clancy game. Yeah, read my own handwriting. Um, and made it the game that everyone wishes that it would have been. So thank you for doing that service to the gaming community. Uh, and last but not least, I'll tell you who I think is going to be totally chill about you and, uh, and Beyonce, um, because she seems like just the most together, sexy, like amazing, wise, wonderful woman is Ms. Marissa Tomei. So she is in the picture as well. And, uh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, that's the most sweet. That's, uh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's your that's your alternate universe, one hundred percent guaranteed fictitious future. <laughs> I put so many disclaimers on there. It's as if I'm afraid someone's going to sue me when, like, if for some ch- if by some chance they don't end up with a mansion in the Alps. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, that's very funny. Um, okay, uh, my darling, this has been so much fun. I've kept you on longer than I meant to, so thank you for humoring me. The final piece of this uh, very strange and clunky puzzle I like to call a podcast is uh, when I podcast uh, the sweet, sweet gentleman over the summer. Uh, I have been known to call it the Boys of Summer series. Uh, I have been known to ask a friend to sing spontaneously a snippet of the uh, song Boys of Summer by Don Henley. But it is also not a song that everyone knows nor needs to know. So if you have a different summery kind of a song or a song that you think of when you think of summer, I invite you to uh, give us a brief little snippet of that instead. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a lot I just threw at you. No, that isn't a lot because you, uh, you, you, you know, there, uh, there, there is a all around song uh, that that I feel like is the song of the summer, uh, and you know, and I think I have to, you know, do my part uh, to to spread the awareness of this being the song of the summer, which is. Hey, where the party at? Girls on the way where the Bacardi at? Models and models talking about all of that. No, I can't afford my thugs. Where the party at? All my girls, where the party at? Off in the club, where the party at? That is uh, that is the song, the real song <laughs> thank you. of the summer. Thank you. That's when thank I knew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is was a very nice pull. I'm very, very pleased. Uh, all right. Um, wonderful people listening. Thank you so much for almost said tuning in as if this were on a radio station. That is how old school jargon remains for many of us. Um, having never, by the way, hosted a radio show in my life. Um, but uh, but I have been so happy to have you on. I've been looking forward to it. And um, this has been something that I've been excited for since the day one when I first met you, which was not 
not so long ago, but has been, uh, you know, a little bit now. It's been like, yeah. what, like it's been over a year, surely. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. Let's see. Right. Yeah, we've we've known each other, I'd say, a while now. I'd it say feels, it's safe I to mean, say. it feels, I've lost all sense of time. So if you were like, oh, yeah. Janet, we've known each other for six years, I'd be like, that's, that tracks, that makes sense to me. <laughs> um uh yeah so okay all right i will um i will let you continue with your beautiful life um with your beautiful family and i will uh talk to those of you who will listen next time on the podcast yeah sounds good The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.